This episode with Carl Pauli was actually my second episode with him. So on this one, we dove into some specific topics. We talked about connection, community, communication. We talked about that feeling of loneliness when not many people share your values. We talked about the phrase, good people are hard to come by. We talked about integrity, authenticity. We talked about staying positive during a holiday when you were unemployed. We talked about just staying positive in general in the weird backwards way that uh, we get to that process. But naturally, we did ramble a little bit and we did kind of go off on a few tangents. And you're not going to know how it went unless you listen to it. And so I hope that you do. And I hope that you share it with a friend. And thank you very much for supporting the Lifestyle Chase. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. So welcome to episode 89 of the Lifestyle Chase. I've brought back the one and only Carl Pauli. The last time that I had him on was episode 71, October 7th. So a lot of time has passed. How's, how's life been the last couple months? Yeah, I think the last time we spoke, um, I was in, uh, in the middle of a massive transition. Uh, and now I'm kind of on the other side, finishing up the year, feeling good. Yeah, focusing on uh, some new projects and feeling excited. So I've been watching, you've been doing your Carl's Coffee Club, and that's something that I really, I like that. I like the idea. I think it's a good initiative. What are three things that you've really taken away from that experience? Yeah, number one, people want to connect. It's uh, super simple, but people need it. Uh, number two, uh, when people connect, they want to connect in person. Uh, there's something about being face-to-face and in real time that really brings out the most genuine side of uh, someone. And then the third thing I would say that consistency is, uh, is the top priority if you want to develop something. An example of this is uh, in the beginning, I, I was just kind of doing this coffee club for fun. And uh, once I was on rep five or six, I started saying, well, I could just do it next week instead of this week. And uh, having these thoughts of wanting to postpone it, but realizing that it was important to just stick with it. And uh, the fact that I've stuck with it is now starting to reveal uh, some things that I didn't know Coffee Club was going to bring, which is these really exciting, cool conversations that go beyond uh, what I had originally set out to do. So uh, consistency, I think, is massive. What are three things that you've learned about yourself during that process? Like these last few months of like connecting with maybe some people that you hadn't seen in a while and some people that you've never met before. What have you learned about yourself? Yeah, I think the number one thing would be that I have, I don't have to try that hard. You know, I don't, I don't have to try to uh, be the guy who knows something or I I just have to be there and uh, your presence alone is, is enough. The other thing that, 
it's not that I've learned, but I've been reminded of is that when when you're interested, when you're genuinely interested in something or someone, uh, people start to share uh, some beautiful and meaningful things. So interest is important and curiosity. And I guess the third thing that I've learned about myself in this process is that I have so much more left in the tank and uh, so much more to explore, which has me feeling uh, equally excited and scared shitless. <laughs> That's an awesome cool. way to put it. That's good. Um, you, you talk about connection and being like interested and like really like being invested in other people. Uh, how do you navigate that personally? Like I know in my own experience, we, we come across all kinds of people and sometimes it seems initially that a large group of people is interested or invested and then we learn that maybe it's not a, such a large group of people. How do you navigate that personally? Uh, could you reframe that, that question? I'm not quite sure what you're uh, referring to exactly in terms of navigation. Well, essentially just... People tend to feel like, like they need to please everybody, or it's that whole that that needing to be liked, or maybe they feel that uh, they had the the greater support of a, a larger audience, and then they realize it's like uh, quality over quantity. And I think that everybody is susceptible to feel self conscious in that way at some point in their life. And I'm just kind of curious how that journey is like for you. Yeah, I, I could take this in many different directions, uh, but it makes sense now that you, you reframed it. So thank you for that. Let's just go, uh, let's go into the deep end of the pool. Uh, here, here's a little quote for you, which is, those who have no preferences have an easy time going through the great way of life which <laughs> basically means that if you're not clinging on to any desires or any expectations or anything that you're even thinking, any thoughts, all of a sudden everything becomes easy. And it's being able to let go of any expectation uh, in terms of how people uh, perceive you or even uh, talk about you or understand you that allows you to just be yourself and it's um it's difficult because you know sometimes we 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 have an agenda we have a desire we uh believe we have some sort of yearning to something that uh maybe doesn't even exist and that's when things get complicated but i think that's the beauty of it is that we we act according to our desires and then uh, our actions have natural consequences it either brings us closer together, it stays neutral, or it brings us apart. And uh, either way, everything is fine if you're willing to see it that way. I think that's a great way to answer it. Like with today's episode, it's kind of cool because for the last two weeks, I've been quizzing a lot of my, my Instagram followers. And it's just a lot of people that I've seen maybe several times a week. And I feel like this close connection and it's been really cool to learn more about them and what their ebbs and flows and their struggles are. Um, and then in this way, we get to kind of dive down the rabbit hole in, in things that people are seeking answers to. And I found that over the last year in all these conversations that I've had on the podcast, I've really recognized myself just how much 
connection is like imperative to our like just sustainability in our, our day-to-day lives um on that topic what what has been a connection that you've made in the year 2019 we're like wrapping up the year what's what's a connection that you've made that uh you feel will last a long time for you just like maybe it has a story to it or a lesson that it's taught you well there are several that come to mind but i would say one connection not that i made this year i actually made it last year but uh it's a with a a woman by the name of olga uh ponomarenko she uh is a used to be a personal trainer and coach and she attended one of my seminars in new jersey last year in 2018 and uh, then she came to uh, one of my events that i hosted in london and uh, i also got a chance to coach her on a one-on-one basis and she moved from boston to san francisco to uh, one change her career as a fitness professional and to become a photographer and videographer and to also work with me. And one of the most interesting things that has happened in that relationship, and and this is something that uh, I think people will be able to relate to, is that the closer she came to uh, being around me in my circle, the more she realized that I was just a dude trying to figure it out, which is something I've always said, but people most, mostly in, in the circle where people know me for my, my work, they, they don't want to believe that. They want to they want to believe that, okay, this guy must know something because he's achieved X, Y, and Z, and those are things that I desire. Uh, but then when you come close to the fire, you realize, oh, wait a second, uh, the fire is kind of hot, and it's uh, a little messy and it's kind of dangerous and um yeah we we kind of clashed a little bit because there must have been a lot of uh dissonance for her and even me knowing it and prefacing that this was potentially going to happen when it happened it, it just uh, was one of those moments where you could just choose to uh, kind of sweep it under the rug or uh, address it head on and and we were able to address it head on and have a very difficult conversation around who we are as uh, a team and collaborators and uh, we've transcended the original connection that we made into this new new level and uh, one of the things that was very interesting this was a comment she made she said Carl I'm no longer your fan <laughs> and I said well well, I'm glad that's the case, because if you were, you'd be a fanatic. Uh, and I, I want you to be a person that I can talk to uh, and communicate with and, and have rapport with. And uh, yeah, uh, just this week, we, we got a chance to uh, wrap up a great podcast episode with someone that I admire very much. And she was uh, able to get involved with it and help me produce it. And man, here we are uh, doing it. So I think that's that's one of the most meaningful connections of, of this year and something that uh, is going to last a long time. I like that. And I like that you talked about uh, communication because I think when you talked about having being willing to have those difficult conversations, I think that's an important topic for our episode today. So 
when a person is in that like that standstill moment where they're wondering what do we do next do we walk away or do we lean into it like what kind of advice do you have for them for having those difficult conversations yeah i would say lean into it it's it's um it's always going to tell you the truth but know when you're leaning in when to back off and what i mean by that is that when you lean into a conversation i think what i'm uh, suggesting here is that you have that conversation and sometimes having that conversation doesn't mean you trying to uh, be understood but rather seeking to understand which is something a lot of people are familiar with but when it's time to execute uh, that can easily go out the door uh, so yeah uh, leaning into that conversation and then noticing that if uh, something's coming up or if it's getting a little uh, emotional or aggressive or whatever to to let it breathe and sometimes the best way to have a conversation is in silence but simply sharing the space and then being able to uh, afterwards decide logically uh, and in alignment with uh, how you feel emotionally uh, how to proceed I like that perfect answer one of my next questions that I've derived from the Instagram was uh, a feeling of loneliness when when not so many people share your values like when when somebody experiences that and it's because maybe maybe they feel that certain things are important maybe they have a certain set of core values that they've just they have trouble finding other people that share those things but what advice do you have for them based on like things that have happened for you personally yeah i think that's where going inward is extremely important so having somewhat of a meditation practice or a physical practice that that allows you to spend time with yourself and getting to know uh, what your thoughts look like what emotions come with those thoughts and what feelings are there uh, are extremely important because that's when you um, start to find uh, solace in solitude and realizing that even though you may be physically alone, you are consciously not. Uh, there's there's this sense of peace there. And if you as an individual are clinging on to the idea of having to be understood or your values to be shared, uh, then that's the work that you have to do. It's You have to let go of people thinking and believing the way that you think and believe. And, um, I can give you an example. For me, I, I grew up uh, going to Catholic school. Uh, I grew up in Spain, and uh, my family is not religious, nor do we practice. Um, uh, most people would uh, label me as an atheist, although I don't consider myself that necessarily. Um, so when people would say something like, God bless you to me, uh, as a younger teenager uh, or in my 20s, I would be very dismissive. But it was in my in my later years where I was able to uh, hear what they were saying beyond the words. And when you can hear what people are saying beyond the words uh, and translate it into just the basic human condition and experience and uh, reflect it inward, all of a sudden, uh, you're able to hear people, uh, whether they come from a, a different belief system than you or not. 
I think that's a perfect way to answer it because like myself personally I'm surrounded by a lot of different culture and a lot of different ethnicity and so it's like it's a given there's going to be all kinds of different celebrations all kinds of different holidays and when somebody is like giving you their greeting whether it be like Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or whatever it may be it's not them forcing their beliefs on you it's them sharing something meaningful as like a, a gesture of good faith towards you and i think that's that's a great reflection to have yeah and i think it's, it's simply a reminder of how limited we are by the language we speak and if you think about that uh, you also start realizing that one type of language the verbal language that we speak right now we're speaking english and uh in context of a certain culture for example that we must realize that there are other languages involved as well the physical language the emotional language uh, our business language the craft language and if we can bring all of those together and, and be able to distill the essence of the message that's when uh, i think we start to hear what we need to hear not what we want to hear i think that's important and since we're talking about connection and community and just communication and all that stuff when it comes to language in whatever way you express it whether it's words or actions what is something that you intend to instill into your into your everyday going into 2020 hmm that's a great question well I see 2020 uh, without it being uh, <laughs> intending a pun here. I, I, I see 2020 as a, a year of clarity. That's just <laughs> so 2020 vision, uh, a year of clarity. And I think I personally find clarity when I have chosen to uh, act in a certain way. So for me, one of my actions for, for 2020, which has already started uh, is simply being able to uh, do less and I know that when I do less I always it's, it's uh, historically it's been correct I'm always able to achieve more and what I mean by doing less is simply not trying so hard to fit in not trying so hard to arrive um, at this imaginary destination that I have simply doing the things that I think of our uh, of our uh, of our how am I not getting this that are a value and doing it in a way that feels uh, good yeah and I think that's that's uh, that's the intention is to is to do less and to feel good doing it that's that's a great way to put it um, for yourself what are three things that you're excited about when you're because you're starting up your podcast again you're kind of getting into your passion you're leaning into things what are three things that you're excited about when it comes to that well uh specifically the podcast i think i'm excited about the opportunity that exists just like this what is happening right now is to be able to have these types of conversations with people that i'm i'm interested in and um uh, the other thing is the, the technical aspect of producing uh, a podcast or a show and to uh, just know that there's an infinite ways uh, of spinning a podcast. And that to me is fun because 
the, the final destination is not the podcast. The podcast is just a vehicle to practice uh, finding my voice. So, yeah, that, th those are a couple things that I'm excited about. And then uh, I guess uh, what comes with it is uh, this sense of belonging where I really enjoy listening to conversation. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting at the table in a special room uh, and it's, uh, it's fun. It just feels uh, special. That's awesome. Are there projects aside from like you do you do mentorship you do sort of like business coaching I, I hate the term business coaching because it's gotten such a bad reputation but you do very wholesome business coaching <laughs> is there is there other things that you're kind of like taking on in the in the new year are there big big hairy audacious goals mm, I mean I think the hairy audacious goal is simply uh, deciding to not focus on fitness as my uh, profession this year and have fitness be more of my vocation while my profession uh, at the moment may may look like uh, business or uh, personal development but at the same time building something that's a little bit bigger than that and i don't know if it it's uh, a company that maybe sells a product uh, of some sort or something completely different uh, i'm open to that and i feel like 2020 will reveal that and i'm excited for that that's perfect so when i use the phrase good people are hard to come by what are the first thoughts that come to your mind what are like maybe you've learned in your lifetime some things associated with that or maybe it's just your take on that phrase or really you can take it anywhere you want to go yeah you know, the first thing that comes to mind is behavior, but I know a lot of people who have poor behavior and are great people. So the first thing that comes to mind is that if uh, good people are hard to come by or, or to find, uh, you're probably not looking in the right places. I like that. That's wise. That's so wise. So for yourself, where where have the right places been? Because I know for me, I've, I've found a lot of places and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is the right place. And it's like, oh no, that's not the right place. This other place is the right place. And it's like, we just, it's like throwing spaghetti at the fridge. We don't know unless we see what sticks kind of thing. That's, that's one of my favorite analogies to use lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think that there are almost 8 billion people walking the planet earth right now, and you think about each person being being an opportunity for a relationship there's a lot of options out there there's a lot of people out there to choose from uh, but you are only one person and you are here right now this room right now is empty <laughs> the room that i'm in but i'm here with you so uh you're my only option and it happens to be that you're here in this very moment right now, no one else, just you and me. So if you're my only option, it is really up to me to make sure that I, I find what is good in uh, this relationship, what is good in the person that I'm relating to. Uh, and this happens as you uh, kind of go about your day. When you step outside, if you, if you start looking around, if you're in a city like I am in San Francisco, there's a lot of people. Uh, but regardless, if you start looking around and as soon as you start making eye contact, those are the people that you're selecting. And if you choose to 
engage in a conversation with them. Uh, that's where going back to what we were talking about earlier, exercising a little bit of curiosity and interest in them uh, can elicit some very powerful conversations, regardless of uh, whether you define them as being, quote unquote, good people or uh, bad people. That was a great way to segue it, because like in a lot of instances, my, my takeaway in situations has been like if if you are not able to see the good in all people like what what is your what is your view of yourself like if if all we see is bad in ourselves, we're going to be really easy at recognizing bad in others but if we're seeing the good in ourselves, if we've had that time to have some self-reflection then we're more equipped to see the good in other people have you ever had a time in in your life when you've kind of struggled to see the good Every day, <laughs> every day, all the time, I'm judging, 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 and and of course I'm judging myself. Uh, yeah, every day, every day. So that's something I have to work on. At. And and the be- but the beauty of it is that uh, the older I get, and it's not that I'm super old, but I'm you know approaching forty or whatever. The older I get, the slower. Uh, these emotions or feelings or thoughts come to me so i I get to see them coming and i say oh look there comes judgment (laughs) (laughs) and it just it just kind of gives me some time and and what ends up happening is that instead of being really reactive uh, i become more responsive or i simply say okay well hold back a second Uh, let judgment pass and let's see what's behind it and it usually what comes from a, a more negative feeling or a more negative thought uh, is usually something that has to do with yourself. And that's when uh, introspection or going within yourself is, is very powerful. So yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and this doesn't just happen with people. This also happens with uh, your, your physical experiences. I mean, if you're in fitness and you're training, for example, and something starts to feel uncomfortable and you start to maybe react to it. Uh, for example, I, I detest squatting, okay? It's something I dread doing. My little legs just do not like that, okay? They don't like squatting. Uh, I know it's just a story I'm telling myself, and I even told it out loud, but it's a, to- it's a total lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's just a story that uh, has become a belief system, and, and that's something I have to work on changing. And the way that I can respond to that is by saying, okay, well, how can I squat in a way that feels good? And that would be my practice. It's so true, and it's ironic because, like, I enjoy deadlifting, but I, I'm just, like, kind of indifferent to squatting. But then the thing was, I was telling myself that I wasn't squatting. I was I never squat. I don't squat. So I don't know what, what's wrong with me. I should be squatting more. But then I looked at the variations I was doing. I was like, well, I totally squat. I just don't do a lot of barbell squats. But I'll do, like, I'll do a goblet squat. I can do a split squat. I can do all kinds of different squats. And it's... Mm-hmm. That whole, that whole self-reflection, you get people who are overcoming injuries that are like, well, I can't do this. And it's like, well, you can do it. It just, you need to modify it and then you can do it. And it's just that you never thought about how you could modify it or never looked deeper into the modifications that you can do so that you can do that too. And then all of a sudden you can walk around and be like, I can do that. No problem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, an interesting uh, species for sure. So the next topic, I'm just gonna like sprinkle topics at you today. The yeah, next topic hit me, is hit me. in in the interview setting. Like, say you're starting your day and you have five interviews ahead of you, and each interview is on a completely different topic. What? How are you gonna go into that situation? Are you going to uh, put equal energy into every interview? Are you going to assess your situation, pick one over the other? Are you going to have some kind of uh, like uniformity so that every interview gets equal energy? Like because at the end of the day, like you only have so much time in your day, so you, you gotta you gotta choose a fork in the road. Yeah, so uh, number one, the intention remains the same throughout the five episodes or five interviews I do, right? That's, that's, uh, that doesn't change. Uh, the intention is always to uh, be of service in some way by uh, holding space so people can share their stories, uh, to guide their thoughts, and then maybe reflect them back at them so they can uh, reframe or rearticulate what they're what they're trying to convey. So the intention would remain the same. The energy would be different for each interview because one has to uh, either set the tone for what the energy is going to be like for the session or for the interview, or adapt to the person that you have in front of you. Uh, so and, and you won't know what that is until you get in the room. <laughs> so. So, so I gotta, that, I gotta. Yeah, the energy fluctuates. Um, for this, for this particular segue, we're talking job interview. So mm, job interview. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, if I'm trying to get, if I'm trying to get a job. Well, I, I haven't interviewed in a long time, but if if uh, I were to, uh, am I being interviewed to get a job? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Well, yeah, I think I would do actually the same thing. My intention is to uh, be as simple, clear, and compelling as I can be to convey the value and, and the asset I can be for the company or, or organization and to simply uh, listen to what the, the interviewer is saying and asking and, uh, yeah, trying to uh, be very clear about my intentions. That that would be it. And the energy would, once again, also adapt to the person interviewing me. So we're going to add another layer to this whole question here. I'm going to give you examples of like, we'll just break it down to three to simplify things for, for thinking purposes. But the one job is you're going to be a professional baker. That's what the job interview is for. And you can just like, you can just pretend you're yourself to answer these questions. You don't have to pretend you're someone with previous baking experience. So the next example is going to be, you're going to be a professional bodybuilder. And then the third example is you are going to be a librarian. And those are your three. And that's what you're faced with in your day. And then how will you, how will you approach that? They all have equal pay and they all give you the equal hours and it's just you have to decide uh how you will allocate your energy and what intent you'll go into each situation yeah i think ultimately it comes down to adaptability i, I would have to convey the message that i am adaptable meaning that i i can learn on the fly i'm, I'm willing to be reflective uh i'm willing to go through some discomfort 
and with that uh, always demonstrate progress and I think that would be the approach that would be the intention I like it it's good it's neat because it's kind of like it's a test I'm like is he going to be like well no I have no intent to be a bodybuilder so it's like I would have to do some self-reflection do I want to be a bodybuilder is this something that I want to spend my time going forward into and then I didn't know if you like baking or if you don't like baking and then the third one is librarian and that's the one where I was like I was putting my cards on librarian I was like of all these three like maybe he would like maybe he would like baking but maybe he would like librarian because he's like an intellect he would he would thrive in that area and be able to communicate and those are things that are important to him it's kind of like diving down the rabbit hole, helping people with their soul searching process. Yeah, I don't think uh, most of us have a, have the opportunity to choose what we get to be necessarily. Uh, and just the fact that we can sit here and dream about, oh, what could we be? You know, librarian, bodybuilder, or baker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that just puts us in a position where um, our our uh, level of privilege is, is through the roof. Um, so I, I assume that we, we don't get to choose. This is what we got. Uh, this is the life. So let's take the curriculum. That's awesome. And that, while we, yeah, and while we do it, how are we going to do it? That's a good way to spin it. Do you have an instance in your life when you felt you've really like taken on that curriculum and like how it sort of made you shift or maybe pivot in, in your life? Well... You know, I, I've had extreme privilege in my life. So I've always had options. And um, although I know people who haven't had the options, um, no matter how much empathy or compassion I exercise, I can't fully put myself in their shoes. I just can't. So I can only listen uh, and, and, and try to... Um, align it with my experiences, but I, I, I can never know what it's like to be uh, someone in that position. But what I have done is I have put myself in positions where uh, I've had to stretch myself and been open to uh, climbing a ladder. So for example, when I came out of uh, college, I studied environmental science. I uh, spent 40 hours a week uh, volunteering, interning actually, uh, trying to uh, potentially get a job or get some experience. And then on top of those 40 hours, I was uh, selling tickets in a ticket booth uh, on my own for an aquarium. And then I, I worked my way up the ranks of becoming uh, an educator and a teacher within the world of uh, marine biology. And uh, I was working my way up the ranks like that. And doing jobs I didn't like, but uh, I could see uh, how these uh, steps and each one of them was teaching me something that at the end of the day was going to uh, serve me. And even though I'm not even in the field of marine biology, everything I learned through choosing uh, going down that path of selling tickets or uh, working in an elevator, you know, pressing the buttons to send people up and down uh, through a museum, I, I carry those values and those principles with me and, and those lessons now uh, and what I do every day. So that's uh, that's something that I, I, I do appreciate and I can uh, I can uh, feel proud of and, and leverage as experience. 
I think that's some good reflection right there, which kind of almost mirrors the next thing that I was going to ask, but it's essentially like you, you've had so many different passions throughout your life. You've really dove down with, uh, with gymnastics, being a high performer within that realm. You've done your seminars and you've just, you've done so many cool things so far in your life. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, it's over, that's, I've closed the book with that, um, and then found out like maybe two or three years later that you were totally wrong and that book never actually closes? Yeah, I think we have to say that a book closes or a chapter is over simply to put it in a little box and compartmentalize it, uh, although we know in the back of our head that it's never over. An example right now, I, I have transitioned out of uh, coaching in the fitness space. But just this morning, uh, I opened up my my DMs and Instagram and I had a few messages and I started going through them. And uh, several of them were related to fitness. And uh, a lot of them uh, made me feel like, oh, man, my job in the fitness space is not over. These people still don't get it. <laughs> 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 but then, uh, then I, I realized, okay, I'm going to respond to this, but I know that uh, my job in the fitness space is not over, meaning I want to work with uh, the leaders that are in the fitness space that are currently hungry to solve the problems that are currently present there. And for me to help direct them in, in a way that uh, can be conducive for growth in the fitness space and for the individuals participating either as uh, leaders or uh, students. That's a great way to put it. And with your analogy of like compartmentalizing things, like when we compartmentalize things and in, in my experience and basically my, my take on it is essentially, it's kind of like you, you have this, this bright light that's kind of shone light on your days for, for a long time to come. It kind of felt like it would never, you would never have to, to close that off. And then it's like dark. And then it's like, what do you do next? What would be your best example of like the, the light that came that you were just, you did not see that coming. You, you had ideas of what would happen, but then something else just came out of nowhere and it happened instead. And it was brighter, perhaps brighter than what you just closed off. Mm -hmm. I mean, me being a coach in, in the fitness space, I never thought I was going to do that. That was just not in the cards for me, I believed. And then all of a sudden I started uh, coaching a little gymnastics because it was easy money and uh, 15 years later, uh, here I am. <laughs> I have spent uh, a long portion of my life uh, dedicated to coaching and traveling the world doing this thing. That's cool. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I thought I thought that chapter was over when I retired from gymnastics in, in the year 2000. Uh, but we're in 2019 and, and I never left, even though I did a bunch of other things. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, so that's a, that's an example. And then, in 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 relationship to compartmentalizing, I mean, even you and I having a conversation here. Every time you ask me something, I kind of have to choose where I anchor my thought process. So I'm I'm compartmentalizing there, but as soon as I'm done with it, it kind of falls back into this like infinite sphere of uh, just <laughs> mush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's almost like a beehive yeah. and we're picking from different sections of the beehive and then it just goes back and it's like honey. 
the the mush yeah. is honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all honey. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> so I read somewhere that the word of two thousand nineteen is integrity, and what is your experience or what is your stance on that word? What does it mean to you? Yeah, integrity is uh, is an impossible thing because uh, if if <laughs> if integrity is something that you stick to. That means that uh, it's something that you believe in. It's something that you stick to. That means that you're limited. So you're constantly stretching what integrity is. And as you stretch it, you're breaking it. And when you're breaking it, you are reconstructing and building it. So integrity sounds to me stagnant. Uh, And although I want to have integrity and want to make sure that uh, people know what my values and principles are and that you know if you're you're with me i'm a reliable person i know that i'm messing up all the time and i'm constantly having to uh, bend my integrity in order to find where the edges of my growth are Uh, so uh, yeah it's a beautiful thing to say that 2019 is about integrity but man uh, i don't know if i've had that Well, I mean, like, if that's not an honest self-assessment, I don't know what is. Like, it is. It's empowering to be like, I do things with integrity. And a lot of people that I care about quite quite dearly have been doing things with integrity. But then when we do some soul-searching and we're like, well, how how has the year 2019 been? Like, did we know everything or did we not know everything and have to, like push on the edges yeah it's it's so true that's such a great way to uh to kind of sum it up yeah and and a lot of people if 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 you were to look at my path throughout 2019 a lot of people if they were to look at what i've done they would be like oh man carl really operated with integrity and others may have said you know what carl had no integrity here and he just uh went off the rails what happened um i feel good and yeah. I feel right, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm trying in a way that feels effortless right now, and it's uh, that's pretty remarkable uh, that that's even possible. Well, I mean, that's important to talk about because, like, even myself, sometimes I'll like wake up in the morning and I'll be like, you know, I'm a good guy. I do nice things. Like, uh, people would probably think that I do things with integrity, but always, 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 there's gonna be somebody out there that's like, man, that Chris Little, he's a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. you gotta like accept it and don't really worry about it. It's just like you said, it's kind of like if it if what we do feels feels right to us and if it feels sort of like effortless like if we have to put in a lot of effort to be ourselves, we're not really being ourselves. but if we don't have to put in too much effort to be ourselves, then we're at least following our our path of, of what we deem to be like genuine and i guess i'll use the other word authentic that that was another very uh commonly used word <laughs> mm. authentic <laughs> what what's your stance on that word looks like i fired you I, up a little bit <laughs> yeah i think that's cool i think that's cool uh being if you're trying to be authentic it means that you are uh trying to be yourself if you're trying to be yourself you're trying to be the person who you think you are and one thing that we are constantly reminded of if we pay any attention is that we are not who we think we are thus we are not authentic Damn, that was deep. So I have another question for you that comes from the list from Instagram. And it's, uh, how do you stay positive 
during a holiday if like let's you're, you're gonna have to put yourself maybe in somebody else's shoes or maybe transfer this to a, an example that you have but like say you were unemployed during a holiday season or you're just like you have no reason to be positive and you feel the need you the desire to be positive how how do you do that personally once again i am in such a position of privilege that i have no business even uh, reflecting on what someone who is in that position should do that being said i know what i can do and i'll give you an example i'm out in the middle of the night um walking my dog it's pitch dark and it's raining i walk around the corner here uh just around the block here from my house and in a little nook there uh is the homeless man uh, with his cart and his stuff and uh my dog decides to pee pretty close to where he's about to sleep so i apologize of course uh profusely and he says don't worry and I said, okay, no. I said, um, and I started walking away. And I turned around and I said, uh, uh, do you need anything? Is there anything I can get you? He's like, uh, do you have a cigarette? And I said, no, sorry. He says, uh, do you have a quarter? And I was like, nope, don't have any change on me. Uh, so I asked him, are you hungry? He's like, yes, very hungry. Is there anything else uh, you need? He's like, do you have a book, a fiction book? I love fiction. I was like, well, let me, let me check. I live right around the corner. So I finished walking my dog. I go up and I, I tell Tanya, I was like, hey, do we have some soup that we can heat up? So we see, heat up the soup, uh, chicken noodle soup, uh, put a little, you know, some cookies in there, two fiction books. Uh, and I had some change. I had like seven bucks or something. And I walk down, I go back to this guy and I say, hey, uh, it's me, I'm back. Uh, and I, I give him the stuff. And uh, he was so thankful. Uh, he cried. Uh, we had a little conversation. And uh, he said, today's been a good day. Uh, he, was, he was soaking wet. He was like, today's been a good day. People are really, uh, have really been supportive of me today. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that's the case. And I, I hope you can you know, have a good night. Uh, and he said, yeah, I will. And he, he started eating his food. And I said, I'll let you. Uh, finish your dinner. Uh, I said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Jack. And I, I said, my name is Carl. And I said, uh, I'm right around the corner. Hopefully, uh, I'll see you around. And if not, uh, happy holidays and, you know, stay, stay dry, whatever. I walk away and I'm walking uh, towards my house. And as I'm walking, uh, of course, I feel this immense sense of just overwhelming satisfaction and of course part of it is my ego just being like look what i did i, I helped this dude uh but i only did one little thing but once i got over the satisfaction that came with my my ego there and i just kind of let that pass and let go of it uh i walked up the stairs i walked into our apartment and uh tanya was like are you okay and i was like i'll be fine i was like i'm just gonna go take a shower so i went took a shower and uh yeah, I basically cried for 20 minutes because it, it was such a powerful moment. And the reason I'm sharing this is not to uh, showcase how awesome I am and how kind I am and compassionate. It's it's more so just to to say that if if you can, if you're in a position where you can assist in any way, uh, 
do it. Yep. Your ego is going to feel good, but then there's the other side that your heart is going to feel fuller and uh, it will have been uh, reciprocated for, for the receiver, whether they were able to acknowledge that uh, or not, or whether they remember it or appreciate it. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. Just the fact that there was an intention there that was uh, positive and compassionate is, is enough. Well, and I think that's a great way to reflect on that situation. Because for myself, like in my transitions between jobs, there's a huge fluctuation in income and like birthdays would come up and Christmas would come up and I'd be stressed and I'd be like, how, how am I going to get through this? And like the, the question comes from somebody who's going through something very similar and it's, it seems really backwards, but if we are equipped to help others in our times of need, it's going to help us as much or more than what we're helping that other person. So like the, these times when, when we feel bad, when we can't buy presents for our family or when we're eating tuna, when we'd rather be eating steak or whatever it is, like it seems so, so backwards. But if you have the time at your disposal, these are the times when it's most empowering to go and uh, volunteer at the food bank. Or if if you can share a meal, maybe it's a home-cooked meal, but share that with, with somebody that needs it that day. Like we all have like disposable containers. It's not to say that you have to be out there going to the, the coffee shop and buying somebody food. You can you can always like prepare food. And if somebody is really that down and out, I'm sure they'll they'll happily receive it, just like you and your soup. Which is, yeah, it's it's very, very backwards. It's like we should be the ones getting help. But when we're able to give help in, in those times, that can be very uplifting because it helps build us at our core and everything goes from, from inside out. How, how we treat others is how they respond to us, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think just to piggyback off of that, if one can't afford to buy presents or buy food or whatever, uh, just one's time and effort invested in, in showcasing or acknowledging someone else, uh, that's, that's enough, especially for, for those who uh, reciprocate and care about you. So, yeah, uh, we have to take a little bit of pressure off of ourselves to try to uh, follow the status quo of what um, the consumerism especially that exists around the holidays or, or this time of the year. It's it's so true, and I mean, like, with, with the wonderful age of YouTube and all the do-it-yourself things, like, a person can go grab a pallet and make a, a nice bench for somebody, or they can showcase their, their skills, like some of us, like, for, for people who teach music lessons, they can offer music lessons to someone as a gift, and, like, that's something that is otherwise valued with a monetary like something tied to it monetarily and so you're you're offering that that's still just as much as a gift as a, a gift card to best buy would be and i think we we forget that each of us bring value in all kinds of different ways aside from the the latest apple tv or the latest brand new playstation right there you have it <laughs> um so my last question for you to keep us on track for time is I've asked you this question before, but I want to see if it's changed in the time that's passed since. And I'm going to try and not use the word authentic. <laughs> you, you can. I, know, I understand. I, I understand what you mean. I just want to challenge it. Oh, yeah. 
if if you had one piece of advice on how to live your life in the most powerful way what would that piece of advice be and like we're we're talking about making somebody feel empowered and fulfilled and with purpose in their life yeah i forget what i said last time so i'm going to just let that go yeah that's okay I would say to allow yourself to experience every single moment without holding on to that experience and at the same time holding space for the the part of you that either wants to enjoy it or uh, or suffer through it. An example of this, uh, you know, is is simply, uh, let's say, let's say uh, you're you're going somewhere that you've been in the past, and you know that uh, after you've been there, uh, it's a, it's usually a good memory, but during, uh, it maybe doesn't feel like you remember it was. To, ahead of time, anticipating into it or in the moment just realizing that this is the thing that you're actually going to remember and it's going to feel good or fulfilling or this is the thing you're going to remember which maybe wasn't that good but uh, wasn't that big of a deal and being able to hold space like that is very powerful so uh, back to where I started it's living life in a way where you allow yourself to experience what's happening right now regardless of what it is that's it that's perfect. That is perfect. So thanks for joining me for the second episode in a row. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So stoked. I'm so glad I, I, I got to be a return guest. Yeah. That means a lot. It means a lot that you stick it out to listen to each episode of the Lifestyle Chase, especially for these opportunities that I get to bring back a, a guest to really dive down the rabbit hole to talk about specific topics and not just about them as a whole. And so if you enjoyed this episode in particular, I would highly encourage you to to help a brother out and go on to iTunes or Apple and give a rating, give a review, perhaps share the podcast on your social media. It always helps a lot. And I know why I say it, it's redundant. We hear it all the time, but it means a lot. I can't thank you enough. It's always really cool to actually have like quick chats or, or conversations with people who are listening because otherwise as a podcast host, you're kind of in the dark. I'm going to leave a trailer for my new project coming out in 2020 and rest assured, this podcast will always be the same. We're just kind of adding on more talking. We're adding on additional additional little side side projects and I don't know how it's going to turn out. So I'm just hoping that you're as excited as I am. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Real Talk by The Lifestyle Chase. This is a daily, community-supported, 12-minute podcast that complements The Lifestyle Chase while targeting specific topics each day. Let's begin.